0: Ah. Welcome to the student of the game fire podcast with your host Danny B. Today's guest is Andrew Pristak, 13 years of career and volunteer experience, currently an acting sergeant on engine 63 for Spartanburg City Fire Department in South Carolina. In 2016, Andrew created and started Tradesman Fire and Fabrication, where he had a desire to bring realism to firefighter training. Andrew is also a part of Dixie Firemanship and the Mississippi State Fire Academy. Andrew has a vast knowledge in forcible entry and the tools we utilize out in the field. I don't want to go too much into detail, as you'll find out from the conversation. With that, I present Mr. Andrew Pristak.
1: I'm Andrew Pristak. I'm an acting sergeant with city of Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, as far as how I got into the fire service I started as a volunteer in 2011 in Loudoun County Virginia I had no plans on getting into the fire service I needed uh, some extra college credit and uh, got my EMT I was like oh this is kind of fun and then uh, went to go start as a volunteer for that and there was no space on an ambulance luckily there was space on a fire truck got on that and uh, was like oh (laughs) fuck EMS this is way more fun (laughs) um and uh loved it got into being i got hired career staff pretty quickly after that uh kept going as a volunteer till about 2018 and i moved away and um volunteered for a little while later in a different jurisdiction but um what got me going i guess down the path of my career that i'm on uh which has been kind of weird and unique has been uh I felt really let down by my academy. It wasn't a bad academy by any volunteer or career uh, career one. Kind of sucked, but it's a lot better there now. Um, but I especially the one that stood out to me was was force bluntry. I remember asking like, "Hey, you, you're telling me to use the ad sometimes, use the forks sometimes, but you're not telling me when to do either of them or why I'm doing it." So. W- when or why? And the answer you got back was, well, sometimes use the ads, sometimes use the forks. Like, awesome, thank you so much for your help. And uh, you know, we forced a couple of props, I think. It was the um, friction force, which everybody shits on for good reason, uh, but for being the first forcible entry prop on the market. I mean, at the time, I guess it was okay. But uh, I'll go to force my first door and it's terrible, like complete frame blowout on a a guy who locked himself out of the house. And uh, I remember thinking like, wow, uh, I have have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I would like to have some idea what I'm doing. So I go and took a class in uh, Martinsburg, West Virginia. I I can't remember if it was Capital Fire Training or... or, um, uh, It's one of the DC area Mm -hmm. companies. Um, And uh, I I, probably was Capital. And I remember thinking like, wow, these guys, they know what they're doing, but they're not explaining it in a way that I'm really understanding it. Like I could probably have them show me what they do, right? but they're not articulating the why in a way that I could really manage it. So uh, I kind of bumbled around for, I don't know, another year or two uh, and saw a YouTube video, uh, Sean Wilson, Uh, at the time it was uh, Search and Destroy Fire Training. And I remember thinking, that guy knows what he's doing and can under, like articulate it. I need to talk to that guy. So I, I think I probably blew up his phone for two or three years, uh, back and forth and back and forth. And eventually he was like, just just come up to Michigan, um, you know, extend me uh, an invitation to come up there. And uh, after once or twice that, uh, he was like, you're, you're one, the only person who's coming up and doing this. I keep offering it to people. But also... You, you know what you're doing and how to explain it. So why don't you just teach with me? So I taught with him for a couple of years. Um, and a lot of what I've ended up doing is trying to articulate the why and the how in a way that is digestible and also can be done under stress. Because a lot of what we do, like the fire service does not understand how to do training. It really does not. Um, I, I know I, I met you at Nozzle Forward at uh, Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. Aaron Fields has knows the why and the how on the teaching. Shh probably yeah, yes. you know one of five guys in the country who does but most guys that the way we do training doesn't make any sense um so I, I've been trying to make up for my academy for I don't know the last 12 years uh and it's it's led me to some weird and interesting rabbit holes but
0: okay I mean I, mean, I, I like the story I really do I mean I like the fact that I mean you know you 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 took a class, you didn't quite understand it. You reached out to an individual who was like, sure, man, I'll give you some tips and tricks. And then after a while he was like, hell, just come up here. And you ended up teaching with them, which is the best for me. I learned better hands-on. So mm-hmm. that's the best way to, to, to do that. And now look, you, you were able to go out there and teach and now you've got your own thing going. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Got a couple of things going um, between uh, yeah tradesmen fire and fabrication. So, um, the door prop company, um, I was a founding member of Dixie firemanship, um, back in the day, we're still, still teaching. Um, and then I, I teach with tradesmen as well. We've got our own little cadre going. Uh, and then I'm a state adjunct, uh, for the state of Mississippi, uh, drive down there to the state Academy. That's a cool program. Um, we have a bureau of firemanship now.
0: Okay. So hold on. Hold on. Before you start, yeah. what, cause I don't know this. What is a state adjunct?
1: So their state Academy. Um, okay. They, if your career there for the most part with some ex- exceptions, you go through Academy there, but their, their main state Academy has uh, a couple different bureaus. So it has the certification Bureau and, and you know, specialty and industrial and whatnot. Right. Uh, we also have a firemanship Bureau. <laughs> so, uh, not advanced, but we, we teach a, uh, engine company and a truck company academy, Okay, uh, probably, I don't know, four or six deliveries a year for each. Um, uh, and it, it's a cool program, um, great facility, but uh, that's a lot of, uh, the guys from Dixie firemanship run that. So, um, I've mm-hmm. been doing that for a couple of years as well.
0: Okay. All right. Um, before we start going down a little, some questions and some uh, more rabbit holes, uh, for those that don't know, including myself, can you tell us a little bit about Spartanburg City, the size, oh, yeah, how many yeah, stations, sure. things of that nature?
1: It's a great-sized department. So we're five stations, uh, four engines, and then we've got a specialty house uh, with the ladder and a, and a rescue. Our tiller's on order, but like everything on order, it's, I don't know, it's probably at least lot. 18 months away. <laughs> yeah, uh, We've got a new rescue coming, new engines. Uh, so we're, I don't know, 75-ish guys on the floor, I guess. Um, cover 20 square miles, 38,000 people. Um, it's, uh, so of those 38,000 people, 25% of it's under the poverty line. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the city it's getting better, but a lot of the city is, uh, impoverished to say the least. Um, but there's also a, a good bit of development. So I guess last year was the first year since 1972, where we had positive population growth, uh, like the city just been shrinking for a long time. And, uh, but now it's, it's got a lot of, of investment you know BMWs, big North America plants next door. And, um, a lot of big companies are moving in. So we're getting three more high rises, I think next year. Um, we've already got a couple. So like Sydney's growing, uh, we run a good bit of fire um, three to four man rigs. Uh, I don't know. The last I heard it was, depends on your definition of working fire somewhere between 60 and a hundred a year
0: okay um, out. Yeah, no
1: we we stay decently busy um and it's weird because it's always like i guess everywhere's kind of like this but we it, it's never regular it's always in spurts so we'll go you know a month or two nothing or longer with nothing and then like two and a shift is not uncommon
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah well I, I went down to teach uh down in mississippi in the middle of we were on a, a good hot streak and i missed five fires and, in two shifts so okay but we had been dry for six months before that right and then run right. 12 in a you know, fairly short period of time so um it, it's a a lot of people have probably seen our, our hiring flyer it's, it's the mm-hmm. one people either really like or really complain about it <laughs> doesn't bring us a lot of people but the, the one with the uh, yeah uh, we use smooth boards aggressive we're aggressive we cut roofs uh, I, we don't I'm, do my EMS.
0: I'm about to say, well, I was gonna say that yeah. was the big one. I saw, I was like, damn, they put on there no medicals. Why do you think I'm here? <laughs> so, like, uh, all, right, all right, so hold on. I so I gotta ask, I'm assuming if if it's cardiac related and EMS requests, y'all.
1: So, they request this as ellipticist, and occasionally we'll do CPR as a portion of ellipticist. We're certified the uh, first responder. Uh
0: huh.
1: Um, licensing wise, we can't do anything. Uh, legally, really. Okay. Uh, right, right. prior to EMS showing up, anyway. So it's like, no, we're not running first response med locals. And occasionally, I, I haven't run an EMS assist in a while. Now that I say that, I'm sure we'll run two in a shift or something. But it, it's not. You know when i was working in tennessee like i was on an engine that ran like 3 calls a year or something and thirty three hundred of them were were ems you right know? right um so we get guys at work oh god we're we're running all these medical calls it's like you ran two lift assists in a week you know what are you complaining about um but no that is that is awesome and we we really do we're in a good spot with uh the guys over the last, I don't know, probably fifteen years have really uh, done a good job in building up operations-wise um, and like training-wise. We've got a really good training division um, that's that's really well led. And like the the, I try to tell my rookie, he's got nine months on. Like we have a severe lack of perspective, um, because we have it really really good. Our slugs aren't as bad as other people's slugs. Uh, I've never had to have the conversation of why we go inside, you know, versus mm-hmm. everywhere else I've ever worked. Uh, you know, full time, part time, volunteer. You get, uh, you know, I've I've had the the smooth bore versus fog conversation once. Okay, okay, with a lateral, uh, and yeah, you know, he's on the truck anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but it's a it's a really good place to work. I love okay, it. all right.
0: Um, so if you get a um what's uh what's on your first do box what's your compliment
1: uh, it would depend on what's burning uh, but generally you're looking at, at uh, for uh, well so truck rescue first first single family truck rescue uh, four plus engines uh, okay. but we'll we drop like for a fire alarm we drop at least one engine and truck and a rescue for okay. a residential uh, because we can uh, you know they're not on the road okay picking up granny so um commercial you know we'll get an expanded response with mutual aid so
0: okay okay and um what's your um what's your uh, minimum staffing i think you said three or four i couldn't remember uh
1: so the rescue sometimes drops down to two uh but everything else is is a minimum of three uh my rig's the high rise rig so we've got four which makes it nice because you know uh the denny's building um it's like 18 stories. I, I really would like to have that extra guy for open host at the minimum. Um, but uh, and trucks sometimes four, it, it also varies shift to shift. Um, you know, like everybody else, we can't seem to retain or attract people, so
0: okay. Oh, I mean, yeah, shortage that's, of staffing, right? Right, that, that that's anywhere right now. Um, yeah, your rescue. I'm assuming your rescue response to, of course, every working fire and any sort of pin in and trap and technical rescue things of that nature.
1: Yeah. So they don't go to auto accidents unless they're they add themselves on or it's a pin. Um, But, yeah, uh, fire alarm, any fire alarm in the city plus working fires. um, There there are a couple other. Yeah. The uh, technical rescue. And there are a couple other uh, calls that they'll go to. But, yeah, they they've got a really good spot. I I was on that rescue for probably a combined 18 months and it's, that's the best position in the department. It's because you are going and plus mutual aid, like, yeah.
0: Okay. I was going to ask who are your mutual aid companies
1: like around you? Um, so North Spartanburg, um, south spartanburg <laughs> okay uh yeah westview converse uh, we've got a couple uh smaller departments some have merged together you know, north okay. Spartanburg, think these like two stations uh, same with westview three for south spartanburg and a couple small volunteer departments on the east side that uh have fairly small borders and will occasionally pick up mutual aid from them
0: okay all right, right and, yeah and I'm assuming engines do engine work, trucks do truck work like trucks.
1: that. Yep. That's how it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rescue searches every fire. Um, and if it's top floor fire, trucks go into the roof. Uh, depending on staffing, they might have an OVM. Okay. Uh, and then engines do engine work. It's it's nice. Um, very, very well trained, very competent uh, fire ground department. So
0: Okay. All right. Uh, and when the gets here, will that be just replacing the, the truck or will that be like an additional?
1: Yeah, that'll replace the truck. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. All right.
1: Back but the, as far as like the department goes, we send people all over the country. Um, I, the nozzle Ford class you were in, uh, there were three of us there. But mm-hmm. uh, everything happening at Pensacola, like even the local has bought, I think, two slots to, or at least did last year, two slots to everything. Plus the training division sends guys, uh, into the job, Massy, um, I think we sent people to port city. It, we get around. So. It's, no, that's good. That's, no, nice that's benefit good. nice to be in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So definitely your training captain or chief, uh, wh- whatever the title is, is definitely for outside training.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, the, the leadership has been an admin has been pretty supportive of us considering how much it costs to, constantly be sending guys out right
0: okay all right so my first question to you uh is what does the
1: term aggressive mean to you um so i think at some point when we get to words that have just become at some point buzzwords Mm -hmm. if it if that word means different things to different people it's not a word anymore because the word has a meaning um you know, otherwise I can't communicate to you if you and I mean different things when we say the same word. I, what I would like that word to mean uh, would be I am uh, taking the opportunities as they present themselves. And I am um, responding to the situation, uh, you know, quickly with, with a very, very low uh, reflex time. Um, and taking each opportunity as, as it comes, I'm not sitting back and waiting for things to happen. I'm being proactive. However, if I say that or mean that and say aggressive and you say that, uh, which I know you wouldn't, but uh, you know, aggressive is, oh, that's doing cowboy shit. Well, people forget cowboys were blue collar workers that knew their jobs <laughs> uh, and it was a, a dangerous do- job, but they, they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, it makes no sense for us to have an endless conversation uh, about the meaning of a word. Um, You know, it seems to be you know the last ten years, fire service can't get out of its own way when just at least coming up with a a, some amount of agreement on the words we're using, Uh, and that's aggressive, that's indirect attack, that's um, you know what is conventional Irons work. We can't seem to. Understand definitions. So,
0: no, I, I like the way you put that. I, I mean, I probably say you're the first that you know to to the way you coined the term cowboys and blue collar. I mean, you're right. It's it's uh, it, I, and and I, I really like how you used it as or you mentioned it as a buzzword because it it aggressive has one meaning every yeah. every single. Uh, word that we have related to the fire service has one meaning, but can cause so many different perspectives. So I, I...
1: I'm fine with nuance, but we don't have nuance. We have completely different definitions, you know, depending on, you know, what uh, agenda you're standing on. And I, I can't stand that shit. I'd rather just actually be able to talk to somebody and uh, you know, if the the word is getting in the way of communication, I'm fine with being aggressive, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: I, by the definition that I, I would think exists for that word, uh, you know, the proper definition for it, I would consider my crew very aggressive, my department very aggressive. But if that's me describing it that way, is getting in the way of me making my point, I'm probably not going to say it. <laughs>
0: no I get it I get it I get it um should there be a years of service clause for promotion now you uh, I think so you, you're an acting sergeant so it's yeah. you know it kind of it kind of goes goes hand to hand with your title
1: yeah um so I'm I'm in process for promotion uh, I've got like a we have a mentorship program for sergeants coming in Um uh, the there's a lot of yeah i've heard people make the case that oh well oh could be one guy has 20 years but you know he's it's his first year over and over right but the chance of the guy having 20 years having experienced uh the job uh, is a little bit higher than the guy with one um i'm not saying that you know the 20 year guy isn't going to shit the bed Mm mm-hmm uh, I would also like to see, I, I think we, like I said earlier, we do a terrible job with the training, just industry-wide. Um, I'm, I'm a big advocate for like recognition, prime decision-making. So I can teach someone how to react to the situation, but I have to describe it accurately. Um, the If we're using props, if we're using visuals, I have to give an accurate picture of what that situation is going to be. And I can teach you how to react in it but you're not going to really be comfortable in that environment till you've experienced it. till you've been there before. Right. Uh, there's some bleed over from one experience to another, you know? Um, but I think you actually do have to have the experience to, especially um, not just doing your job, but like it's a huge responsibility to be over top of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's something that keeps me up at night, but any, any position of leadership, um, to, to not only be able to, to know, do your job, but also monitor other people doing that job, uh, and how they're doing it and just being able, um, to stay calm enough that you're not going into like, uh, uh, hormonal tachycardia from the the novelty of the situation that takes time to develop. Um, one of my favorite, uh, philosophers, a guy named Bastiat, uh trying to remember the exact quote. It's, just, it's like experience uh is the best teacher, but brutal. I, I would rather I and I go through this with my rookie, I'd rather not have to um him not make the mistakes I did.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. But I mean those that's
1: experiences, what... yeah, and that that's what education is, right? Or right. probably should be. Um however, he's not gonna learn the same way. Like that it's not really um you know, he does sound the floor. Uh, I, I don't sound floors, but he doesn't clear floors in front of him the same way I do because you know, I broke my back going through one. I'm going to be a little touchier about mm, what was that that I just felt <laughs> uh, than he is, even though it's been drilled into him and we've um, worked with, with, you know, holes in the floor. I'm going to experience that in a different way because I did experience that situation and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so roundabout way of getting back to yeah i would i would say you you really do have to experience the job and should be uh before promotion
0: i agree and then you know you will have some that will say uh as 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 our senior guys or what i like to call the old heads start retiring you know some departments are are having growing pains where i mean you have like a three to four year guy that's being promoted to captain i mean it is what it is i
1: mean yeah you have to. And with better training, we could make it work. But right. we're right there in it where we've got guys where they probably should not be. I, I, I'm a big advocate of don't don't rush these people into another position.
0: For real, they yes. have
1: to know and experience. You have to be a fireman before you do anything else. And if I had you know my druthers, that's ten or fifteen years of being nothing but a fireman <laughs> and don't think about promoting. Uh, I would love to continue. Riding backstep. I'm sure my BC's tired of me bitching about it, but uh, I would love to continue doing that. But like a lot of you, have to experience that before you are able to lead people in that situation. Nah. Uh, and like I know battalion chiefs that were never in fires, and like that's crazy to me. <laughs> I don't think you should be pumping, you know, without <laughs> like a solid because you don't get the the uh, the urgency. You don't get the that like. Should be a, like a yoke of responsibility on you. Uh, no, but I, I agree. I have
0: to agree with you, man. I mean, you know, you you kind of hear. Oh, I've heard the, the 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 adage: promote, promote, um, early, promote often. Uh, no, why? Yeah, that I, I'm we with all you have on side this.
1: jobs. Don't tell me you need the money.
0: <laughs> I mean, know? so it's 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 one of those things, man. Like I, I was one of those, like you know, I stayed in the back for for a while, and then I'm still in the back, but my new role is if my engineers off, then I move up to drive or I go to another mm-hmm. station and drive. So, but I, 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 wish we would stop promoting, stop promoting people who aren't leaders yet. Like there needs to be a criteria that we, we deep dive into the person that's going up for promotion and not holding him just on a test score or how they yeah. do well at an assessment. All that is taught. You can teach a slug, how, hey, this is what you need to study. This is how you need to say it. Yeah. But if we deep dive into the right, let's look at their track record. Have they been to any classes that weren't for their current role? How are yeah. they around their peers? Like we should actually form a committee where you have like, and I'm talking, don't just get anybody that wants to join, but like get good solid members of your department go, hey, what do you feel about this person? Like, I know Mm -hmm. it's not fair, but it's our line of work is different from others.
1: Yeah. Um, If you're civil service, I'm not sure that would be able to be worked out. But like uh, the thing that kills me, um, like where I started the class, like either like once you got certified, there were no classes other than teaching you to promote to the next level. There was nothing from getting better at where you were now, Um, especially, you know, for, just being a fireman is nothing, you know, it's, it's tech rescue or it's officer one, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh it's doing a huge disservice to us. Uh, I, I'm sure you could, and someone probably has done a really, really good officer development program, like where oh, it actually, I'm sure. And, and uh, so to mention Mississippi, and they've got a, um, a leadership uh, I think it's fireground leadership course. That's multiple days of, you're working every position on the fire ground up to IC for everything. So up to, including, I believe one of the evolutions is like a helicopter into a building because they have a prop for that uh, okay. on top of one of the burn towers. It's, it's a cool facility, okay. um, but like actually have to do the job over and over and over uh, and get a respect for, okay, this is what my announcement's going through. This is, you know, I'm sure we could come up with a better model for training. I don't I don't think our current model can teach anything close to leadership though.
0: I would I would have to agree, but I will say when you said uh, earlier we talked about like if there's a department out there that's actually doing good leadership, I thought automatically thought of the colony with Scott with Chief Scott Thompson. Because mm-hmm. yep. I mean the man's got it dialed in. And and the thing is what the program he uses, he tells others it's free. Go on the site. Mm-hmm. Take all the information, make it work for you, so, yeah. um, but when did you know yourself like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna try to go up for this next
1: role to be a leader? Um, I didn't make that wouldn't be a I didn't make that decision um you know, without duress, <laughs> so okay, okay. uh or a little bit of dress a little bit of right twisting right, um, right. so that's probably not within my so um i i did early in my career uh get promoted and ride the the seat a fair bit uh and that was i i thought i was ready i wasn't ready um <laughs> uh, you know the time I, I mentioned breaking my back in a house fire that was i was riding a seat on that um uh, I through that whole I, I was nowhere near ready to lead people into a fire. Uh, but I had an expectation that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would had my classes, uh, you know, I thought I'd seen some shit. I had seen shit. Uh and now that I'm I'm kind of going back through that process, uh a little bit older and hopefully a little wiser, um uh, I've really it, it weighs a lot more on me, uh taking it. Even just, you know, training around the station uh, with a newer firefighter and, and a rookie, uh, you know, as the driver is, I take a lot more responsibility on that because I've seen it go wrong. Uh, right. You know, I've lost friends to this job. So, whereas I hadn't seen enough to know I was wrong <laughs> before. So
0: okay.
1: it, it, my advice would be if, if somebody's looking at, at promotion, like take a step back. Think about that one a little bit more. Uh, I know they they incentivize you to promote, but like, do you have to? Yeah, uh, there are a lot of people who don't don't need to, Uh, and there there are a lot of people who just need to take some time or or have some perspective before they do it. uh,
0: I I love the answer. I love the humility. And and you know, it's one of those questions for me. Like, I mean, I'm at a point where I've had discussions with my BC, and he's like, "Hey, I think you'd be great at this," and. And I'm not knocking him and I'm not saying he's wrong, but man, sometimes I, I'll sit back and I'm like, it's easy, it's easy on the bread and butter calls, medicals, fire alarms, wrecks, mm-hmm. like, okay, but you know, and and I, and I'm very humble when I say this, we don't burn very often. Okay, but when we do, and if we God forbid get into a situation, it's like, are you truly ready? Are you ready to for worst come worst worst case scenario you know that's how I look at it I mean it's yeah it's very easy to 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 control the the mundane calls that we go to but there's always in the back here that what if because I feel like I don't have the experience yeah I have the time on the job and I have a couple fires under my belt but it's like am I really ready? You know what I'm saying? Because it's just, that's just the way I look at it. Like we don't, Mm -hmm. we don't burn a lot and the only way to get good at this job is to go to jobs, which doesn't occur very often. Uh,
1: So I I think were we to completely rebuild how we do our training, I can give you the expectation. Um, So if you look into the, like the physiology of, uh, operating under stress. So, uh, dots in York East curve. Um, there's, there's an ideal amount of uh, stress in a, in a, given situation that like you're going to work your best at, um, I'm trying to think you, it has to, it's for it to induce, uh, tachycardia, which starts shutting down your mental process. It starts getting back your hearing, your vision, uh, your tactile sensation. So that all happens, you know, over a buck 60 on your heart rate. Um, actually really over 140 we start gating down like hearing and your voice starts hitting higher pitch Um, but for that to occur that has to be a novel situation um or at least perceived novelty this isn't counting like i'm pretty sure my arm just got knocked off you know like massive trauma but like psychologically you have to have um, a novel situation uh you have to have uh perceived chaos and the uh, you have to have a, a minimal expectation of being able to change the the situation. So I'm going to freak the fuck out in a hallway that's on fire, right? And my heart rate's going to go shooting through the roof because oh dear God, it's chaotic. I don't think I can do anything about it, um, and I've never been in this situation before, right? But if I can put somebody in that hallway beforehand, it's not a new situation anymore. Uh, You know, it's not, fires aren't chaos because fires aren't, I I absolutely hate the whole thing of of, um, every fire is different. No, every fire is exactly the same. Uh, They are the picture and model of scientific uh, repeatability. You give the same box, same fuel, same air. You're getting the same fire every time. So it's not chaotic. It just looks that way because we don't have the perspective to see why. But like, if I can sit down, you know, with a rookie and take him into an acquired structure. I was down in, where was I? Somerville, South Carolina, a couple of weeks ago with uh, JJ from Soda city. I know you interviewed him. Uh Uh, I was the, the Andrew in that uh, interview that he kept saying was his metal sky. And then he got the whole thing wrong. Uh, (laughs) What is the point he was trying to make metal hasn't changed, but anyway, uh, I was down there and it's like, I, being able to take there was a new guy from somerville i think it was like his first or second day on the job which was awesome in this acquired with the igniters like okay watch this okay we're we're starting to layer down because the smoke you know is getting caught in this room it's funneling down it's dropping okay now watch this we're starting to get dropped down we're starting to have the hay on the floor light off okay and now the room's about to flash like getting to show a guy that then it's not chaos anymore um you know if i go to search uh a house now okay that room's on fire it's spreading this way it's starting to get lower it's really really hot in here i know what's going to happen if i stay in this spot too long this is not a survivable place so i'm just going to move off to this room i'm going to search this room. you know, i can take the chaos out of a very chaotic and uh situation and i think some of it also comes back to um we we don't understand the, the difference between risk and danger um you know risk is quantifiable uh dangers just exists like so danger there is hazards to the job they could kill you right but how many do we actually kill a year so that's the risk side of it we right. it's actually fairly low. low risk yes really really low risk you know um if you ever look at like death stats for pizza delivery guys they're like eight times our death rate <laughs> But we don't look at pizza delivery guys as a, mm. you know, dangerous job, but it is. Uh, so the risk is fairly low to us, even though there are lots of things that could kill us. But being able to understand that, you know, takes away the chaos of that situation. So that if we were to build our training, uh, especially initial training for for firefighting differently, I think we could probably eliminate a lot of those problems and there's there's probably a way to do that for officer training too um but until we figure out a way to solve for the physiology of it that it, problem's not going away okay. you have know, guys that can't do their job they can do it on the drill ground not fire ground
0: right right because the drill ground it's uh controlled to them at least like you know yeah. oh it's a building that I'm. yeah you get into used. a habit
1: you get into a routine
0: absolutely i i have
1: to agree with you 100 percent. so something we did uh, we had a class jj and i had a class down in uh, little mountain outside of columbia and uh awesome class so it was a uh, force one tree physics so we, we really wanted to get in the weeds well the last evolution of the day what we ended up doing um we had uh four sets of a um, or two sets of assault bikes out there's and told the, the guys like hey inside this shed is a single door It is an inward swinging door. It has one piece of wood in it. This is the simplest evolution you will do all day. I want you to do 20 uh, calories on the bike. When both of you hit 20 calories and you're on air, go into the shed, force the door. Door is open, you have light. Second they got in there, we had a thousand watts of um, stage monitors blaring some god-awful Japanese grindcore Uh, probably they had hearing protection in, but it's probably like 110 decibels in there. You could feel it in your lungs. Well, one of the side effects of heavy vibration is it increases your heart rate. You can't do anything about it. So what we were doing was maintaining, whereas in training, I can calm myself down Mm because I've been there before, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Take the line up to the second floor, hit the fire, right? My heart rate's not going to get all that elevated because I've done this evolution before. I have a high expectation of success. I know what I'm getting into. Yeah, I'll be a little bit tired by the end of the evolution. I don't care. I might be a little bit, you know, uh, winded getting for running fast. But I, I'm not getting uh, up into, you know, to the point where I'm starting to shut down mental processes, right? But if I can maintain your heart rate over, you know, 150, um, one, well, over 140, we had guys, they were probably sitting 155, 160, somewhere in there. Um, and it couldn't come down. They lost all of their type two thinking. So you got type one, the things you don't have to think about, type two, the things you do. So like two plus two is type one thinking. It's four, right? But if we're going to do a complex math problem, it's type two. So we were making it so they could not think their way through the situation. It was only what they had looked like. Actually, I don't like the term muscle memory, but what they had made autonomous over the the Two days before that. And we could actually see where things like, um, as they're using the forks on an inward swinging door, because we had it set up to where the jam would blow out and you really couldn't get it with the ads. Uh, none of them would pull back enough. So they're getting a whole lot of friction. It's taking them forever to drive the forks in. Because somewhere along the way, we didn't explain well enough and they didn't do enough in training to pull back on the ads. But we could see where that dropped out. They stopped thinking about things. Um, we could see where they, the parts of the process because we teach a, like an algorithmic approach to, to forcible entry, similar to, to fields and, and uh, nozzle forward. But a plan A fails into plan B fails into plan C. And you could see everybody got plan A, plan B, plan C. It was beautiful to see. Um, but yeah, certain things like you could t- tell who initially learned on uh, props that didn't go all the way to the floor because they'd revert back to throwing their hip into the door instead of stepping in, you know, putting a boot at the bottom to gain you know, a little bit of gap. So that was really cool getting to play with the the physio- uh, physiology uh, in training. That's a kind of a tangent, but- No, no, uh, I, I like good. As far as like building programs, uh, I, I, we could do a lot better job uh, to actually replicate the conditions. I'm not saying like total realism. I'm not saying do anything stupid with people, but like there are things we could do to really make, that experience is gonna stick. Cause they they crawled, they walked, they ran and then did it under stress. There's the important part is they were ready to do the evolution under stress and we can imprint that situation into them. Right. Um, Versus like when I worked in Tennessee, I worked for mid-sized city out there. uh, I came in as a lateral, I think we had three laterals and like six guys who had to go to academy, but they sent us all through the same week where it's like, you know, run a lot of stairs and do a lot of consumption drills and we'll do some skills, but not very much. Uh, but the first thing that the training captain had us do when they issue out SCBAs, um, keep in mind, like six of these people have no real, or well, some of them might have had some prior experience, but like some of them were just coming in off the street. Okay. Uh, and the first thing they would do with an SCBA, they didn't even tell them what it was called. They're making them do emergency drills. Well, you know, middle-aged man screams at them. I had a girl from that class came to me like a couple months later saying she could not put her SCBA on without her heart rate getting jacked up. They had trained her to panic because they'd introduced the stress way too early uh, and didn't give an adequate way to deal with it. So like we can be our worst enemy, um, our worst enemy for training.
0: Absolutely. Or yes. we can do
1: it right and actually program people to function under stress. Um, and I, I, I think we're winning as far as like training's getting a lot better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody would say differently, but we've got so far to go in, in building firefighters that, you know, we can take away a lot of that lifetime. You're talking about like, well, the only way to learn is experience. My rookie took him to his first job a couple months ago and he, he was like, this was like training, <laughs> you know, Saw fire, you know, fire starting to look out of the uh, commercial uh, warehouse space with a, like an office that had been kind of into a bedroom for a junkyard. He sees fire. It opens up. He's having a little trouble with an Ewok bush. We're, we're still working at the time on that. But like, his, I could guarantee like he wasn't all jacked up because he'd been there before. He just didn't know it yet. Uh, we had trained him to the level that we wanted him to perform and he had the body mechanics down and he had the mindset down he knew why everything's happening he's not going you know jacked up in that situation
0: no i i, I there's two things so first thing i want to say is i 100% agree with you when we have recruits and we're teaching them things and if they don't get it the first time or second time and they're new to this profession it's okay like I don't like seeing instructors yeah. that will get in your face and start yelling like that's not accomplishing anything all mm-hmm. you're doing is fueling your ego to go yeah I'm over you I am in charge like okay mm-hmm. that's great they will shut down and won't be able to learn like I hate seeing that yeah understand that this is new to them so it's like hey we're gonna go over it little by little all right this is you get you get to this point where you mess up. Let's just keep practicing till you get to that yeah. point, And then we'll explain Let's the fix why. one
1: thing at a time exactly, and be calm about it. Exactly, so that, That's something that really, I hate. Uh, so feedback we get, because we, uh, we do the whole, like, uh, stand in the round and everybody give something that they learned at the end mm-hmm. of classes. Mm-hmm. And so for Dixie, we were up in um, Sevierville, Tennessee, uh, like two years ago. And this girl was like, you didn't yell at us. And I was like, why would I? exactly well like everybody doing training normally yells like why why would i i want you to learn something are you listening to me if you know i call you names and scream at you no i'm an asshole uh if i do that i'd rather have a conversation with you and impart the knowledge that you came to get exactly and if i'd rather be a nice guy about it because you're more likely to pick up the knowledge otherwise why the hell am i here um Yeah, I don't, I don't get why we, we scream and everything. Um, And also like the, the practice, like you play thing, uh, I think has a a profound misunderstanding of how people actually learn or practice. Like if I'm learning, like I was taught, it took me forever to get how to tie a bowl when I was new. And uh, you know, it takes me a long time to learn anything. I'm not that great at picking up new skills, but part of the thing that's holding me back is, well, do it in your fire gloves. Okay, but like, I'm, am I learning how to tie the knot or am I learning how to deal with the fire gloves? Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have to do it that way anyways. Well, I'm eventually probably going to have to do this, you know, while someone is, you know, screaming trapped in a window. Do we want to add that now too as a stressor or we just want to learn the knot in right. isolation and right. then we add the gloves? Um, that, uh, that bothers me. Like when we teach classes, hey, drop your gear. I want to have a conversation with you and you're not going to listen to me. If you are hot, you're f- trying to remember, you know, how to stand so that your turnout gear is not chafing the inside of your leg. Like I-, I want you to listen to me. If it's, you know, 95 degrees in the sun, let's go find somewhere shaded and let's go talk. Cause mm-hmm. I want to actually have you remember this, but mm-hmm. the whole like, Oh, well, you're going to stand there in SEBA with gear on. Okay. Well one, do you learn anything when you're dehydrated? No, because, same as, you know, when your heart rate gets all jacked up, you start gating vision, you know, you start gating hearing. You're not listening to me on that. Like, let's go find some Gatorade and let's go, you know, find some shade to talk in. And then as we learn this skill, we will add stressors. But until then, there's no reason to add it early just so right. that we can, you know, feel macho or think that like the hard thing may, makes man or something. I, I, it, that always bothers me.
0: Do you, you're not the only one. Like I said, I, it's 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 crawl, walk, run.
1: That's that's the
0: that's how I go by. Especially if the individual is new, like has mm-hmm. no clue what they're doing. You gotta do baby steps with them. But yeah. anyways, sometimes
1: as an instructor, you know, to bark for a second, right? Because we're gonna catch the attention and we're gonna pull it back. There, there's a technique to that. Uh, but a lot of people think they're they're drill instructors, but they don't actually know what drill instructors do either. Um, you know, that the whole like I'm gonna get up in your face and I'm gonna yell at you. If you ever pay attention to that, they're doing it when it's non-job tasks. Because if I want you to actually remember how to do something under stress, like I don't know, getting shot at, I'm gonna teach you how to do it. I'm gonna teach you the process and we're gonna work up to that. You know, but if it's st- you know, run out, stand in line, run over here, yeah. I can yell at you because I'm trying to jack up your heart rate. You know, if I'm trying to break you down, build you back up, I think there's some problems with that uh, methodology, but like there, there at least is a theory to it, Mm -hmm. but we don't pay attention to that. We just pay attention to the, um, oh, I'm supposed to yell at this kid because somebody yelled at me. Okay. That's cycle of violence. That's how you make arsonists (laughs) and serial killers and and people who beat their wives. Like that's how you make those people. Mm -hmm. So why are we doing that? Exactly. Exactly. Because it's, it's the way
0: that we were taught or it's just what we know, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's just, it's just what we do. But anyways. I, enough, I,
1: yeah, break that fucking cycle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, enough of that tangent. But so my, my second question to you, and it's perfect because this is exactly what you do. I have a question. Forcible okay. entry props. Okay. My opinion, they are a good confidence builder, right? But also... Majority of the time, real world residential doors aren't built like that. Like, so he, he, here's my question: Are okay. forcible entry props? You know, yes, they they need to be made of of metal. They're thick because they have to withstand bees. Do I don't know. That's all I've seen. Mine's not. Oh, you're okay. So no. all right. So hold on. Let, yeah. Let, let me finish the question. Okay. All right. So the ones I don't I don't know their name, but we have one at our and. and we have a couple others ago. work. One's a blue. It's like that. We call it the blue door. There's a yellow. Yeah. Blue, F-H-I, and there's like uh, this,
1: yeah multi-force.
0: Mul- this trades black shit. I don't know. It's like you look at it. You're like, my God, it's intimidating. Are those yeah. set up for just confidence boosters? Or like, cause I, I feel like, cause you know, I'll watch people. They'll put so many wedges. They'll get mm-hmm. the wedges wet. And it's like, yeah. It, it, to me it's like we're i'm not saying you're not going to ever run into that situation because there are some crazy commercial doors hell there are, there are some crazy residential doors with a bunch of security behind it but at what point, oh, yeah. at what point are we just like okay we're doing a little too much with this
1: I'd, I'd argue like even the okay so like one of the hardest i was luckily not a part of this because it was on the wrong house um but you know one of the hardest stores i've ever seen forced was was um what was it it's uh, a two by four wrapped in sheet metal and chicken wire um so like you you're not breaking like even if you break it it's just going to flex on you um and that was on a residential and a lot of really spongy residential doors people have a lot of trouble with but it's because they have a so i would argue a lot of them are they have flaws in them that allow you to cheat them and you are getting a you're able to cheat the doors you're not learning how to force the door you're, you're learning how to force a prop um i think a lot of them give a like can i walk you through how to force a, do- a real door on a prop on those props I, i'm not before anybody gets up in arms i'm not trying to sell you a door right now but a lot of the ones on the market they are um yeah tube steel construction with really heavy sheet metal. Some of them, you know, they are bent quarter inch or layers of eighth inch uh, steel, solid metal jams that and frames that are not in any way ever going to displace on you. Um, so I can talk you how to, through how to force a real door based on a prop. I, had to change how I build my doors in a lot of ways, based on a guy I used to, he used to be my roommate. And, uh, he means really well. I'll, I'll leave it there, but okay, uh, no, no, he's a, he's a good guy, but, uh, I, I have to, to fuck with him, but he, uh, he and I lived in a firehouse together and every day we forced doors. Yeah. He had hours and hours and hours of forcing doors. And I'm not, a bad instructor when it comes to that. Like there's things I'm really bad at. That's probably not one of them. And every time we're forcing, you know, we're, we're using inward swing door. Okay, use the ads. Okay, now we're gonna use the forks. And the reason we're using the forks is because the ads, I've gapped down and the jam, if it gives even, even a quarter inch, the ads is over with. Cause you know, it's an inch and three th- a quarter thick door my ads is two inches wide. If the jam starts to displace a quarter inch, I don't have daylight to gap, uh, to, to set a wedge anymore. Right. And we talked about this over and over and over. He gets on medical lockout at work. Um, they go to force the door and he gets stuck in a feedback loop over and over just trying to go with the ads. Cause he had an expectation that of success with that. Right. Cause every time he had ever done that on a door, on a door prop, that door opened. And I, you know we get the expectation with a lot of these props that if I put the ads you know right next to the lock and I push my whole body weight on it you know I really really go at it eventually that door is going to open right um or at least get enough open to to set a the uh, ads behind the frame real doors don't work like that uh you know if you go by gap set force the initial action isn't to force the door it's to gap. And if the, the door is tied to the frame with the lock, going next to the lock is where there's the most resistance to this, right? So why why the hell is IFSTA, even up to the New York Force entry manual, um, they all say, you know, somewhere, somewhere around eight inches to right up on top of the lock, right? I go a foot away because I want that door to, real doors flex. Um, so I, I actually make our doors out of polymer for the door panels. Yeah it's laminate polymer, you get a good bit of flex, uh, about how you would with a a mid-grade commercial hollow core door, which is good representation for, like, if you can force that, you can force a residential. Uh, But a lot of them, like, there's no flex. If I can, you know, force down here, wedge way up here, Mm -hmm. real doors don't do that. And I I watched a guy that, like, I really respect do that once, where where it's like, you've worked like 30 years on a truck company, in a busy ass city, you know, better than, you know, I can force low and wedge high, but the door allow- the prop allows you to do that. Um, and I've actually watched a guy on a fire, he gaps down, he goes to set his wedge and he out of, you know, quote unquote muscle memory, shoved a wedge up at head high. Well, if I'm forcing low, it's actually tighter than when I started up high, there's nowhere to wedge, but that's, the, the memory that he has of success is throwing a wedge in it head head height. Cause it's available to him on a uh, metal door prop doors that don't go all the way down to the, the floor. Now that's an easy enough modification to make. Um, I can kind of fix that just with a piece of wood and a little bit of metal, but like I should be able to put my boot into the bottom of the door and actually gap it out a little bit, not try to do the, the hit motion. Um, Yeah. We also like, so I, I don't look at my doors being hard. Okay. If you get right up on top of the locks, um, you know, you work your way up to them and you build a good amount of speed. Uh, cause you know, force equals mass times acceleration. The thing that I can change is the acceleration. Right. Um, and I have good mechanics about it. A single person in, in barely, you know, minimum standard fitness can get my door open. But a lot of people look at it and like, god, that was hard. Well, yeah, because you're trying to force it from eight inches away from the lock. It's just gonna flex on you. And flex is just absorbing energy. Um so that flex has been huge uh, for our doors being because I can use it to my advantage to get my gap. And then when I go to fast set to, to force, uh take it away so that okay. it's not absorbing the force that's trying to go into the lock. Okay. but it, so we set ours up with with two wood boxes but you know one of them staggered to to break a little bit earlier they're not hard if you force them the way that a real door is forced but if i try to cheat it you're, you're not cheating that um but also uh so something like the uh the jam being able to break away uh you know it can happen on metal it's more common on wood and, and clad uh uh-huh. jams but uh, I have to have the expectation of sometimes failing with a, like in an evolution um, that sometimes this ads technique is not going to work. We see huge over um, application ads work uh, everywhere we go. And also tool manufacturers see this shit. Like um, a couple of years ago, FHU stopped making the original MaxRex, which is a great officer's tool. It was not a full service halogen or never was meant to be. Um, but now that's really, really thick. Because what do people do? They put them on prop doors and they took a tiny, tiny piece of metal that was very, very thin and it worked really well as a a Rex. Now, oh, if I put my whole body weight into this, door's going to open. Well, no, you just snap the tooth off of your your Max Rex. And now I can't order the tool that actually works for that. I have to order a really, really thick one if I want that same capability. Uh, So I I design tools for council tools. And uh, we occasionally do get people that, um, you know, they'll roll the the toe on the ads because they're really thin ads. Uh, and it's like, what were you doing? Well, I was on a prop. Well, no shit. You know, on a real door, if you are straining and putting all your weight into the ads just to get your initial gap, that technique is done. You shouldn't be using that technique. But because we have an expectation of success, we keep on doing it well past the point of it being effective.
0: I love the explanation behind it. Okay. All right. Um, Hey, while we're on the topic ish, tool design. It's it's one one of your things. So I'm going to let you have it.
1: So um, if anybody ever tells you being a dick on the internet gets you nowhere, that's not true. That's how I got into it. Um, I was in the Axe Junkies forum uh, a couple years ago and uh, probably five or six at this point. And uh, somebody posted a picture of um, Council Makes or I guess, made at the time a, I think it was marketed as an eight pound axe. It was really 10, had like a pickaxe handle on it. And it had a, I think it might've been the first one on the market with the top locking slot, uh, which for a lot of reasons I would say is an ineffective feature that we should not be putting on axes. But uh, anyway, they posted a picture of it and I was in the, in the forum and I was like, yeah, that thing sucks balls. Like, and uh, it's like somebody came, the guy who posted it came back and was like, well, why do you think that? And i was like because it, it sucks balls like it it's a terrible axe and i i you know do you want the reasons he says, well yeah i want to know like what do you think is so awful about this axe and I, I sent him back like four or five pages of like here are all of the problems you want to get into the weeds we'll go into the weeds because i'm wow. gearing up for an argument he goes oh do you think you could do better so yeah yeah i do well he gives me a phone or uh, he messaged me and then talks to me on the phone for about four hours it was craig Roose the uh works for Council Tool. (laughs) Okay. I made it. So, and at the end of a couple hours, he and I had drawn up the basic requirements for the um, Council FE6 acts, uh, which I would, I I, I don't get any money from Council. I just like there being good tools. Um, And I, I would say that is the best six pound flathead on the market of anything. Uh, the wedging profile, the balance, like it is a mathematically balanced ax at the eye at one third down from the, uh, from the top. Um, It's flat across the top. So it's not going anywhere when you throw it up against a wall to leave it for a second. Um, You know, on a straight handle, it does not roll at all. One man uh, striking. So anyway, we, Came up with the rough design for that on that phone call, and then I was like, and also your Halligan bar needs to change because let's one topic at a time is like, no, your Halligan bar really <laughs> is atrocious. So, um, and it was. If you ever see, they also made the Akron ones, the big Shepherds crook ads okay. Um, So we ended up drawing up the TD Thirty Halligan bar, um, which came out a couple years ago. Best I don't know it's probably the best selling bar on the market. Uh, I think they're going through like you know, at least six thousand a year. Um but very, very thin, um, nice angles to them. 30 inch radius arc at, at the ads, which I think is often overlooked um is a, a feature. But for like an outward swing door, if I can throw my forks up against the door and know that I'm not steering into the frame or the uh the door. That's huge. Versus like a flat ads on something like, um, uh, paratech three piece or, or the, uh, Malvin, uh, he's now making the A's bars. It has flat ads in it. I know there are guys that like it, but like, I don't have to float my tool trying to guess the angle. And because like, uh, one of the first commercial doors I forced in my career. Uh, I, I got my bar stuck so bad that I had to go get another bar to get my first bar back. Uh, Partially because, yeah, I speared the fuck out of the frame, not being able to know, am I lined up here? Um, I think that was a, a first-generation leatherhead when they had the, the also the big crook ads. And also, it would tend to roll out when you try to cam with it. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's how I got into tool design. Um, well,
0: <clears throat> well, first, I will say, number one, I can see why you and JJ – coincide with yeah
1: this. yeah
0: <laughs> y'all are like and and i mean this with 100 percent respect the way you guys talk about formulas like the way you describe oh, no no, no. It, i'm not the math guy what well
1: I, he's the math guy right i'm right. a high school dropout yeah
0: but no but still the way yeah. you two talk like what i call like sciency towards the tools yeah. and angles I man i can see why you guys get along um together so well and secondly i can say that's the first time where like you said being a dick got you pretty good (laughs) because most people if you were to go oh yeah your thing sucks this is why they're gonna just shut you out and just go okay andrew pristak is on my shit list but no he was like hey hold on y'all contacted you guys communicated and you came up with a tool that's great for the job so this goes to show yeah, that sometimes very, being a dick yeah, it does work out sometimes might actually help. Yeah.
1: No, there he's especially, but uh the the company in general is very good about user feedback. Okay. Um I'm not saying they'll implement everything you ever want, but like for a company, and you've seen this with L Cart, um, you know, with the the brass tax hard facts, uh little key Maytex, like that some of these companies are going out and listening to end user feedback. Um Council to the point that, you know, we've had between, uh, I'm trying to think, me and Sam Hiddle and a couple other guys, like uh, when I dropped off, Sam ordered his own prop. Uh, when I dropped that off, Craig drove up from Council and and like, we just sat there for hours talking tool design for tools that they, they have no plans on making yet, but eventually they're going to, you know, probably make them and they already have the end user feedback written down. So. Okay. You know, what are we actually, because a lot of tools, you got to understand, these aren't made by firemen and, the, you know, tends to be an engineer drew this up, even the ones that are, you know, have a good bit of, of input from, from firemen, firemen don't know what they're talking about in some cases. And in other cases can't articulate what they actually want. Um, So to have a company that actually understands listening to us, and then also transforming that into a usable tool design without a huge amount of drawbacks is, is uh that's been huge. No oh, that's uh no
0: that's awesome man that's that's yeah. really that's Oh really cool. uh
1: another another company to shout out for no one's ever heard of them Um uh SNH uh, they're the largest nozzle manufacturer in the country no one's ever heard of these people uh they make uh, federal wildlands nozzles okay but i called them uh kyle romagus also uh has some history with these people in john ford but uh and i don't think legeer was involved in that when they did their thirteen uh, 13th 16th nozzles uh at the same time they were doing that i was doing a 53 64ths nozzle uh and they were like we don't know why you really want this but you know if you say this will make a bit better you know we'll make a hundred of them so those nozzles have been awesome. <laughs> um, I think there are actually a couple departments using them now. Um, my assumption is they're sold out, but like that's another company that listened to feedback and was like, Well, it's not really gonna cost us anything. Might as well try it. Right.
0: Um Okay. All right. Like I said, man, I'm just it's yeah, yeah. I I I love I love listening and talking to people who have so much knowledge and like the best way I could put it is they know the why behind why we do what we do. Oh, you
1: got to have the why. like, And a you know? lot of people – so it, it annoys the hell out of me when classes skip the why because you really do need it, uh, especially we were talking you know, dots and Yerkes curve earlier. For me to have uh, any like hope of getting past chaos or perceived uh, impotence in the situation – I have to know why it's happening. You know, everything is novel if I don't know why it's happening. Um, so classes that skip that or, you know, the, oh, my favorite is, uh, well, that's just how we do it.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's, why? that's a very popular uh, okay. phrase. Yes.
1: I can't remember. It might have been Fields. Uh, I think this might have been when he and I were having a cup of coffee in Seattle one time. Uh, we were talking about that and he's like, no one ever got angry at the CPR refresher. You know, think about it. Have you ever seen the guy flip the table? God damn it! Yeah, they went to fifteen to two again. <laughs> That's not the way we do it. No, but I have seen people get irrationally angry over like a demo that yes, the Minuteman will deploy faster and have less chance of failure in more situations than a triple layer, and we just proved it. And I've watched a grown man throw a tantrum over that. Why? Because his identity was wrapped up in the triple layer load, which is a shitty thing to have it wrapped up in. But you know, if it's just, well, that's the way we've always done it, or that's the way we do it. Well, if I internalize that, we internalize our job all the time. And, it, and to some extent, that's a good thing. But when it comes to, well, I can't change now because I, I am this thing that we do and not, hey, this works a little bit better. You know, let's go prove it. I'm not saying, you know, adopt the the great big new thing, like mm-hmm. actually vet it, try it.
0: Mm-hmm. We're,
1: we're terrible about testing things. Uh, it's great that we're finally getting to that point, like with, uh, you know, with hose and nozzles, I'd like to see it more for tools and props, but uh, like, I should be able to tell you, hey, this works better. I can prove it. And I can tell you why let's look at adopting this and we can have a conversation like men instead of like throwing tantrums because, Oh my God, that that's, you have threatened my identity. Um, which is silly, you know, if we're professionals and how we do the job matters. Right. Right.
0: Um, so what, what would you say if there is a department, which I'm sure there are, what would you say to a department that's like, hey, we use the triple layer and it works well for us. We haven't had any issues. Like, do you see any issues with that if it works for the department and the members love it? Like, it's, like, to me, to me, if it works for the department and their members love it, if it works for them, it works for them. There's there's no reason why we need to okay. bastardize that department for like, oh my god, you guys still use that? Hey, if it okay. works,
1: it works. So I, I feel like we've because we, we have so much identity wrapped up, we have to couch things in softeners, right? Like, well, you know, I this is my opinion. This is how, you know, what... I hate the whole firefighting is local thing. No, politics is local, or all politics is local. That's a, a thing. Firefighting is local is just a clever re-saying of the original quote, but it's not. If we're dealing with, like, I don't know, physics, it's the same on the East Coast as it is on the West Coast. And yes, your construction might be different. Your setbacks are different. Um, I've made this joke before, but like, unless you are the fire department in North Korea propaganda village, you know, the ones that only have the front walls? Okay. The AAA isn't actually working for you because some point you're going to have to go to one of the other sides. Like you could be in a... Your whole first do is just this bizarre um, twilight zone you know, film set where it's all, you know, single dimensional houses that are 66 and a half feet or 72 feet, depending on, you know, use a pony or not from the rig and no cars have ever parked on the street. And there was never um, a, you know, never a tree in the wrong spot. No one ever left the trash cans out. And I would still argue that the triple layer is not working there either because you have to drag the entire length out and it doesn't leave the bulk of the hose. Like, th- I have one option for deployment. You can quibble with me over pulling to the sides or multiple-man right. deployments. It takes more people to to deploy, um, especially it does not go upstairs. It does not make corners well. It leaves all of your hose dragging on the ground versus actually having it on your shoulder. Uh, I have, like, one real method of deployment. I, I would argue, like, you put those head-to-head and not in an open parking lot, um, which I've can't remember the department. I saw that on YouTube. It was like, we did testing. Oh, did you <laughs> like pulling them both straight when you've got to like, I I would say if you actually run a, and I've done this, um, a testing regimen that actually accounts for all of the stretches that are likely to happen in your first do, you're not coming out with a triple A load on top. And saying it works for me is a crutch for people who don't want to change. Um, And it very well may work for your department the way that you do it. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing with tools. It's the same thing with, uh, you know, tactics. That's a normalization of deviance. That's not success. Um, And there are things that, you know, I, I don't change about how I operate too because it would take relearning and I've got other things going on right now. Okay. Is that a normalization of deviance? Yes. But like, uh, masking up with gloves on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I will argue this. And I was that guy. I was that. Oh no, no, no. I, I can't troubleshoot it. I can do it just as fast. No, masking up with gloves on is faster than masking up with gloves off. Absolutely. And there's less of a chance of failure. Absolutely. How did it take me three years of regular practice? Mm-hmm to the point where i was reliably doing it on a fire ground without fucking it up yes it did i would have much rather that it had just been the thing that was taught to me mm-hmm. but it was too high speed for my academy um but like i made those excuses i know the, what they are because i said them but uh it, it is faster it is more reliable yeah i you know i cut 12 seconds or something off my mask up time and i was fairly quick you know um and I'm not saying you know I was wrong at the beginning of my career when I didn't know that was an option for not doing that's another thing. It's like, well, now that a new thing has showed up, are you saying we're wrong? No, right, right. Again, it comes back to identity. Like, I'm not calling you wrong, I'm saying there's a new option, and we should consider the new option. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I I can't argue with it at all because the way you put it together, I, I love how you use the term. Normalization of deviance. I mean, that's. Yeah. I was that guy too back in the day. I didn't, I did, um, the gloves were the last thing that I would yeah. put on. And then I started watching these mask up drills with these guys. And I'm like, yeah. damn, like they're doing it super quick. And then they, they, they broke down the why you need to do it with gloves. And mm-hmm. so I adopted it. And yes, it takes practice, lots of practice, because you're going to, yeah. your mask is going to be all cockeyed one time or. Uh, you know, you're just not going to get it, and you're going to get frustrated because you can't feel because the dexterity of the gloves. But yeah. once you get it down pat, it's like, man, like this is it's easy. Nine, seconds. Which is yeah. why I do everything with gloves. I'll pull holes with gloves on. I'll grab ladders. Mm-hmm. I'll grab tools. That's one less thing I have to fucking worry about is my gloves. Yeah.
1: So uh, another example of this, Um I, I remember I was I was standing out and it was kind of windy. I, I had maybe a year on, and a buddy of mine, I don't think he's in the fire service anymore, but he calls me and goes, do you want to go to nozzle forward with me? I was like, what the hell is the nozzle forward? And I thought, I, I just couldn't understand what he was saying because it was, it was windy and staticky. And I was like, no, nah, I'm doing something that day. So I didn't go. But a bunch of guys I, I knew that at the time I really didn't like went. And they brought back part of it. And that's one of the problems with things like that are systems-based. Yep. We do a really bad job because we're obsessed. Like, think of all the classes that are nuggets this and, you know, treasures that and tools for the toolbox. No, these are systems-based things and they work within context. And if you bring them back without the context, they don't work. Mm-hmm. So guys brought Nozzle Forward back to my department. And they like, this is awkward. It doesn't work. When the fuck am I ever going to use this? Right? <laughs> How many times have you ever heard that?
0: Hey, hey, hold on! Before That's a
1: parking you, lot thing. Yeah, no, before, so I get offensive, right?
0: No, no, no. But before you go on, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you finish your story. But we had a couple guys from our department. They went and they did the same thing. And this is not a shot at the guys that went. But mm-hmm. you're right. You have. You can't. You can't just bring back certain parts. You have to bring the whole thing because the way you described it, we had people going, "I'm not fucking doing this." This. Yeah. This hip grip. Commit this shit is dumb. Like so you're doing I, I it. I totally wrong. agree. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree with you. Yeah. And like I said, I, this is not a knock because I took the class and I thoroughly enjoyed the class. But go ahead. Yeah.
1: It was my third time through that I finally started getting the idea of the kneewalk push as it should be done. Uh, but anyway, so I I'm I get defensive about it. And, oh, this, this is bullshit. I you know, I've fallen over with the line. And then I, I think back to some of the experience I've had with forceful entry where I didn't understand it because I didn't have the words to, you know, to ask the question. And I didn't know what I was looking at to be able to identify where I was wrong. All I knew was the guys I didn't like that I really couldn't stand were better than me. And I really couldn't stand that shit. So I went back and took, um, I was like, "Uh, there's something to this. I don't know what it is. And I'm probably doing it wrong. But it, I should probably hear this from the horse's mouth. and uh, did, and uh, I don't know. I think I think last time, uh, fortunately I kind of got robbed of my opportunity at Charlotte to take it again, being the site coordinator. But the uh, I think that was class number five for me.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Fields is a friend of mine, but and you know, we teach a version that you know he helped put together um, that has some slightly different. Emphasis just beyond based on how long um, we generally have to teach some of the skills for Dixie's classes. Uh, MSFA, we teach a week long, uh, very nozzle forward, Influence engine Academy. And uh, oh, God, that's an awesome class. But uh, I I couldn't stand that these guys were better than me. Well, they're doing a really shit job of explaining it to me, right? Uh, They were taking it out of context. The body mechanics just weren't there. And that system only works with the body mechanics. Uh, It also only works if you understand it as a system. Uh, The same thing with the forcible entry that, you know, JJ and I teach or Matt Henry from Rutherford County, Tennessee, and I teach. Uh, It is a system. You could get away with taking elements of it out, just like you could probably get away with just doing the clamp slide, but continuing to to flow out of the camella um uh, or the lock depending on which one we're using this week uh but they exist within a holistic context and they work inside that they don't really work when you bring it out same thing with the body mechanics there are things that i teach forcible entry-wise that if you screw with the body mechanics they don't they do not work um you will end up on your ass with the bar flying out of the door and we, we try to warn guys in classes, like if you're going to take this back, make sure you've got it and can articulate it. That's why we spend so much time on the why because you guys are going to take some of this back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need you guys to pay attention to the why and pay attention to, it's all little things, right? but leave it in context and pick up the little things before, you know, and call, if you've got questions on it, call us. You know, we, we generally finish up classes with like, this is a, a promise between us, and you like whatever you need, you know, some of us are, you know, while we're still alive, some of us are till the end of our career. Um, you know, but if you need this, explained to you again, call me. I'll pencil it in the afternoon and we'll talk all day, you know, whatever you need. Cause if I'm going to teach the skill, I am doing it because I want the, the, the service to be better. And the servicing and get better if I'm not backing up what I say. Right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's I forgot what the that tangent was going off of. But
0: yeah, no, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, no, whatever. it was because we were talking about the why. So, so uh, mm-hmm. your 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 explanation is 100 percent dead on for me. Uh, before we part out here, Tradesman Fire, uh, how yeah. uh, I just want you to talk about what you got, what you do, what you can do for departments, and how they can contact you.
1: Okay. Uh, well, so the bulk of what we do is door props. Um, I say we, it's me and one other guy with the exception of the teaching cadre. Uh, we also offer classes and, and, um, I always sound like a dick. I, I don't teach with other people's doors, uh, just cause they don't show what I want to show. Um, but, so we offer classes mostly in the Southeast. Um, but we do travel and, uh, we've sold doors all over the country. Um, It's uh, a tradesmanfire.com is our fairly poorly put together website. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'm available on social media, reach out.
0: Okay. All right. Um, All right. So you heard it from the man first. Uh, I just want to say, man, I appreciate you coming on. I I really love the deep dive on the why and your explanation as to why we continue to do things the way we do when we, Truly need to evolve in certain areas, but important areas such as, like, you know, walk. I'm sorry, crawl, walk, All run. walk run. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, oh, we could probably talk for a few hours. Yeah, I did. No, Algorithmic approaches to learning we, <laughs> like that, but yeah.
0: <laughs> we definitely could. Um, so you said, uh, if anybody wants to contact you, tradesman fire, you're on social media. I'm assuming by yep. your name, Andrew Prostack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, other than I'm that, man, like, like I said, I, I I just I appreciate coming. I appreciate meeting you this past year. Yeah, I just seen that uh, they posted that the uh, registration opens up next month. And per Heather, what Heather was saying, it's supposed to be even more badass this year. So, oh yeah, I am looking forward to whatever they got coming this year uh, for, for yeah, Carolina no, you Oh, you will see me there. I'm going every fucking year unless I'm on under the ground.
1: So you going to uh, you going to Firemanship in Illinois?
0: I thought about it, but it's I'll like I got to ask the boss. And I already kind of asked for too many things, so I got to pick and choose. Yeah. But I'm sure that's going to be a fucking fantastic time.
1: I'll have some doors there.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's got the the Cody's uh, lineup, man. Jeez. Oh, I love Cody.
1: You can't yeah. beat it.
0: You can't beat it. Uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll be able to go there, but, um, I, I got to pick and choose right now with the, with the, with the little one. I can't, mm. I can't leave the wife for several days and, you know, I, I just don't want to ruffle feathers, man.
1: <laughs> I just I'm sure we'll run to... into each other. Come out. Um, I'll give you a, a free shot at, uh, one of our local, since you're, you're just up the road. Uh, yeah. any of the forceful entry class around here, let me know if you see one you want to go be in. Okay. Get you in.
0: Okay. All right. Um, like I said, man, I appreciate you coming on and talking talking shop, man. It's been a good conversation. Yeah.
1: Anytime.
0: All right, man. Appreciate you. Yep. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at student of the game firepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.